All right, welcome to the Cavalier Podcast. I'm Matt Newton, joined by Sarah and Emma. And today we're excited to interview the Jefferson Forest and Bedford County Public Schools Teacher of the Year, the Shop Fox himself, <laughs> Mr. T. Fox. Welcome yeah. to the podcast, Fox. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Also, welcome everyone back to the new year. I know we took a little break, Christmas break, and now we're back at it. So, all right, Fox. So, question of the day. You have a couple of things um, that people want to know about, which you've seen. Um, first one. Toilet paper, this could make or break a marriage for some people, over or under. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. With Living in with my mom and dad and my mom for 20-plus years, she was a definite under. Okay. If you turn the toilet paper around the other way, you can see I don't have any fanny left. She chewed it all off. Anyway, <laughs> my wife, however, is an over, so I have learned to convert. One time I put it on under, and she said, you put the toilet paper on wrong. I'm sorry, dear, and I corrected it. There you go. So to answer the question, I guess I have converted to over. I like over. Over. Over, over. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It makes under more logical sense. Under Yeah. Under you have to find, find where, where the heck is it? Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay, so um, we talked a little bit about Christmas things going on. You had, um, you know, we were going to ask you, did you get anything for Christmas? But you, you... You sort of did. did you oh, I got a lot for Christmas. Did you yeah, do anything great. fun for Christmas? So I have three boys, and they have three wives and one granddaughter. And they, the only day they all had off was the 26th. So I snuck in Christmas morning and built a small, a, a bigger table top to put on the kitchen table so that you could get eight bodies around it. So I slipped over here Christmas night, threw it in the truck, drove on home. And a deer running at Mach 6 crossed the road. I never saw it until I hit it. Oh. So that's my Christmas present to myself, $2,000 damage to my truck. Yay, <laughs> team. And then that Tuesday, I woke up with this sinus or whatnot. No, it's not COVID. I took a test. My wife made me take a test. So I had all the, you know, whatever have you. Wednesday, all of a sudden, my back is on fire. What did I do? I didn't do anything except sit all break long, didn't do anything. Thursday, I got a call from my sister saying that dad is doing poorly. We're going to move him into home, so that's mental wear. And then Friday, the coupe de gras, the cherry on the top, the basement flooded with sewage. So it's been a real fun break. I couldn't wait to come back to school. So there's my Christmas in a nutshell. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank yeah. you very much. Happy Bye. New Year. <laughs> I guess since um, you're, we had this question here because you're always making stuff. It's a lot always of fun. making stuff, and it's a ton of fun. If you if I'm not in my classroom and I'm not at the soccer field, I'm down in the shop with Mr. Fox because there's just always fun stuff going on. Did you make any gifts this year? Actually, I came into the shop three or four days before Christmas itself to kind of catch up on some stuff I need to do for my students in in the shop based stuff. But Miss Martin entertained me for a while. She wanted to make some bookends for her dad. Uh, she did a great job on those, and she was actually making her a little thing underneath her TV, like a little mantle. And then Mr. Ryan Brown came in, and he wanted to make a few items. So we had, uh, I spent a little bit of time in the shop enjoying myself, So, which I enjoy, turn the music on, no one's ringing the bells, no one, well, they're still ringing the bells, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. We're just chilling. Also, for those listening, Mr. Fox makes some awesome outdoor chairs, which one day me and him are going to Oh, yeah, we're going to Yeah, I want to see these chairs. you got to come down the room. They're so comfortable. They're awesome. So they, do they look cool? They do look okay, cool. Okay, so they, they look fold. cool. They fold up <gasps> and they fold. They fold. And they hug you. They do. It's like a bean bag without the bean or the bag. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you got a feeling. 
All right. All right, Mr. Fox. Yes, ma'am. We always like to start um, with you just telling us about yourself. Where are you from? I you was, already mentioned your children. Yep. And then what do you do for fun? I was born and raised in Lynchburg and went to school, public school through Lynchburg up to my freshman year when, yeah, it shows my age. Heritage had not opened yet. So my mother, because I was making D's in English instead of B's in English, shipped me off to VES. So I spent four years at a private school wearing a coat and tie every day. Anyway. <laughs> Played sports there, um, played three different sports there, captain my senior baseball team. But anyway, um, went to Virginia Tech and went through three and three fourths years of not wanting to be an educator. And then all of a sudden, there it is. And anyway, what do I do for fun? Lake, L-A-K-E. You will not find me in the town of Bedford or at the high school when the weather is above 70. I will be down, let's just say my... As I mentioned, my three sons, they each all have now jet skis. And so I have a big boat and I burn a lot of gas. A lot of gas. But we have a great time at the lake. So awesome. the lake, any other hobbies like fishing or? I like playing cornhole and talking smack to the person I'm playing against. <laughs> Whether I'm beating them or they're beating me, which the latter is kind of rare. But anyway, yeah, that's it. Wow. Wow. That's why, you know, we have the cornhole club here. Mm -hmm. You run the Cornhole Club? I do. Mr. Brown and I do that. And there's some cats in there who uh, do pretty well. Have any of them beat you? I was scared to play them. No, I'm, no they actually, we actually had a tournament the other day, and I forgot who won, but it was a very tight contest. Were you in it? I was not in it. We had 32 members, 32-letter mm -hmm. bracket, and so let them play. I took two days to do it. So Emma has been accepted to Virginia Tech in engineering, so... Thought you'd like yeah. that connection. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. That is great. I uh, hope you're good at calculus. I am, actually. I'm in Calc BC. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I took calculus in high school. I took AP Calculus and Mistratis in both. Okay. Then I went to tech, and the class I'm in had the same book I was using. Oh. So I was thumping my chest. I am the man. Yeah, right up to the first quiz. <laughs> class average was a 52. I had a 42. The old adage, you know, talking apples and having bananas. Mm -hmm. This guy wasn't even talking fruit. <laughs> it was hard. Five-hour engineering calc blew me away. All right. Well. Good luck with that, Emma. Thank you. Thank you. I'll try my best. No pressure. No, no, no. Yeah. It'll be fun. Can you tell us about your time in high school, and did you play any sports? I did. I played football, I played soccer, and I played baseball. And then soccer, which, believe it or not, back then, I won't mention the era, the, we played in the winter. So soccer right now was going on back then. And they finally got wise and moved soccer to the fall. And so I played soccer. I was a goalie my senior year in the fall. And the first baseman on the baseball team in the spring. I don't know what I did in the winter. can't remember. And so when was football? Football was also in the fall. I basically gave up football for soccer. Oh. A wise choice. Yes, no, you <laughs> absolutely. Notice the, you notice the shirt. Yeah. I, you Great know. shirt on there today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> do you have any uh, favorite sports teams that you like to watch? Well, yeah. Actually, I like anybody who's playing the Cowboys to win. Okay. That's my favorite. And so you anybody, don't like the Cowboys? Uh, no, that would be. Oh, okay. And it's not that anybody on the Cowboys I dislike. It's the franchise, the aroma of we're the best, and you haven't won a Super Bowl in 35 years. Anyway, um, but 
I'm actually had it has nothing to do with the, the last incident with the Bills. I was hoping the Bills would go through it, go through uh, to the Super Bowl this year, simply because you're not old enough, obviously. But they've gone four times and lost four times. But my favorite football team used to be back in the day the team from Washington. I think my my mom likes that team, yeah, yeah, and then does. my unfortunately uh, my dad likes the Cowboys. Wow, oh, I bet you that's going to be awful here in what, this weekend. It's this weekend, it's going to be an awful day at Emma's house. Okay, but baseball. Mm, anybody playing the Yankees? I don't really have a team I follow. I do follow tech sports, obviously, as you will. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But anyway. So you said you went to tech. What did you study? I went to the University of Virginia at Blacksburg, not to be confused with the one in up north of Lynchburg. <laughs> what did I study? I went there as a <laughs> math major because I wasn't as smart as Emma, and I was fairly smart. But anyway, so I went as a math major, and let's just say I took summer school classes for a reason. Anyway, so some guy was walking down the hallway with a half-made backgammon board, and I started asking him questions, and he told me some answers. So I changed my major to education with no intention of teaching whatsoever because at the very end of your senior year, you forked off either into industry or education, and about 25 people in my major, none of them wanted to be teachers, and I didn't either. But we all had to student teach, and that's when the game changed. Do you want to hear that story? It's a quickie. Yes. Mm -hmm. I had my instructor, who was obviously older than me. He, you know, is a student teacher. You come in there and you watch, you observe, whatever else. And I said, well, so I'm going to start next week. He said, no, you're going to start Wednesday. I'm going, oh, snap, really, Wednesday? So anyway, I'm teaching drafting on an overhead, and a couple of kids in the back of the room are starting to talk after about 20 minutes. And so I started talking louder to talk above them. Anyway, finished the lesson. In the day, he brings me to the side. He said, "He said, look, he said, next time Billy and Bobby start talking louder, you start talking softer. And I'm, I'm driving home, and I'm going, that is wrong. This is so stupid, blah, blah, blah. So the next day, like in a movie script, Billy and Bobby start talking. After 15 minutes, started talking a little quieter. And sure enough, two girls in front of Billy and Bobby turned around and said, shut up, I can't hear what he's saying. And the <laughs> light bulb went off. I'm like, wow, okay. But the thing that really me with education was I had a kid in class and this is middle school this is up in Amherst County I had a kid he was a bully he was a without using a bad word he was a tail you know what he was just a bad kid anyway he was older than everybody else because he'd failed anyway we we're doing some small engines and I told the class I said guys if you got a small engine home bring it in we'll see if we can get it running so sure enough this kid brings one in he doesn't have a spark plug he's got grass growing out of the spark plug hole so it's been in the woods a little bit too long. So this kid, I can't remember his name, he took it all apart. Two weeks later, we add a little fuel to it, a little oil to it. He pulls it. The second pull, it starts running. And from that moment, it was no longer this cocky, arrogant, bully kid. He just, like a flick of the switch, became the sweetest, at least to me. He would run up down the hallway looking at me just to wave his hand. I mean, like, I did something magical, and I really didn't do anything, but tell them how to do it. So that was a game changer right there. The light bulb going off in the student's head is probably why I still do it after a few years. So what um, classes are you currently teaching other than shop, if you are? Well, see, shop is such a word that covers so much. 
I teach two engineering exploration classes. That's first and seventh period. I teach the second year engineering class where things get a little more complicated. They're all problem-solving classes. I teach a technical drawing class, and I teach an engineering drawing class. It's mainly on the computer and in the shop. And I teach construction, which is the typical shop-based class. But anyway. And I wish I would have known that when I signed up for my classes. I wish you would have, too. You would have learned something valuable to take with you. Yeah. So when you get married, you're smarter than your significant other. I'm hoping. There you go. How did you get into teaching, and did you ever think this would be a career? I know you said... When you were in college, you were not planning on being an educator? Correct. But That day kind of changed that. Uh, and I had always told my mom at the time, I said, Mom, I don't have to go look for a job. They'll come looking for me. And I'll never forget, I was pouring concrete in the summer for some company. No phone calls. No phone calls. And here we are in the second week of July. And I'm going, oh, crap, I don't have a job. And then a phone rang, and I went down for an interview, got the job. And then as soon as I accepted that job, three more jobs came. But anyway, I actually quit teaching. Uh, I did 16 years and quit teaching, and I think I was burned out. Uh, 35 some odd years old, 37, 38. I had some kids and whatnot, and I don't know. I moved close. I was away from Lynchburg, moved back towards Lynchburg to Alta Vista, and got a job with a huge company that builds buildings and whatnot, and worked for them for two years. Huge learning curve. Because that taught me more about what to teach than four years of college did. So how long have you been teaching in total? This is my 36th year. That's hard to believe. And I still enjoy it. Students do make a difference. So I know that you said you really love, like, seeing the student's light bulb go Mm -hmm. off in their head. But, like, what else do you love or enjoy most about working with students? Well, if it is in a shop-based scenario... Again, those three classes are problem solving. You give them a problem and right away they almost want to shut down. I can't do that. I can't do that. So you feed them a little bit of information and all of a sudden you start to see the wheels spin. And then the sad thing about this class is your first thought of how to solve this problem is typically wrong because it requires a whole lot more thought than just do what comes to you. So, But watching them succeed at the end is where it's a lot of fun knowing full well that they could not have done it on their own. They just need a little push. Plus, they're competing against their other students. So if there's a student there that's very gifted, everybody's watching him or her to see what they are doing. Oh, yeah, I can do that. And then so it just stirs and stirs and stirs. And last year was really neat because we do one little project. It's called a mousetrap car. You have a mousetrap. You have four CDs or DVDs. And the object is to use a mousetrap and an arm to pull a string that wraps the axle that makes the car go. And the, you're trying to make your car go farther than anybody else. And I've done it about 10 years. And a car that goes 40 feet is impressive. I had one student, his car went 86 feet in the cafeteria. It went all the way, I mean, all the way across. The ca- we were moving chairs out the way. And there was nothing special about it. He just did a very nice job. But to see someone who's maybe not a stellar student excel, that's what is fun for me, enjoyable for me. So when you left, what was the reason that you came back to teaching? The main reason was I had three kids all, let's see, I'll do the math here. They were probably 13, 10, and 6 then. And the older two were playing sports. And this job required me to drive a long distance and work six days a week, and I was never home. So I did not get to see my kids play a lot of sports. So I 
just maybe missed some students and got back into teaching. Glad I did. Okay, so we're interested in some of the things that you've built over the years. So tell us about some fun, interesting things you've built. Well, my construction kids, students, they build sheds every year. Two years ago, and this year we're building a boatload of picnic tables. And it's not an ordinary picnic table. It is a picnic table that has treks on the top of it. So where you sit is treks and where you eat is treks. And it's very heavy and very durable. And my students have done a good job there. Um, it, at Liberty High School, where I was for 18 years, the things that my students and I have done are just too numerous to mention. I mean, it's insane. We built buildings for, for on campus. We built uh, shelving units and stuff for the principal. We've, I mean, it's insane what we've done. And hopefully we'll do that here this year. We are going to, for the lovely girls volleyball team, we are going to put up a partition so that when a door is open, no one can see inside, and we're going to build some very gorgeous lockers in there so that they have a nice storage facility and a closet so they can put away some stuff and not leave it out in the room itself. Very nice. It's mm -hmm. needed. It is much needed. So what's the favorite, the most favorite thing that you've built? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, I don't know. Back in the day, we actually had a, um, a lot of people came to me for the prom, and we would have the prom at the Elks home. And it was a Paris theme. So what do you when you think of Paris, what do you think? Eiffel Tower. Yeah. My son happened to be a senior that year. And we built an Eiffel Tower about 20 feet tall. Holy cow. And it was in three pieces. And we put lights all on it. So when it was, and it was erected pretty easily. Four legs coming down, a flat bottom, put the next piece on it, blah, 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 blah. And when it lit up, it looked like a miniature Eiffel Tower. And if mm -hmm. you've ever been in the Elks home, you know they have a tall ceiling in there. I guess it's a cafeteria, but anyway. That was pretty neat. And my son was homecoming king, so I was even neater. So it was wow. a remembrance uh, of a neat project that he had his hand into. Where is that now? Probably burn up. I don't know. The Elks home actually liked it so much they kept it. Okay. But anyway. Any like other memorable shop stories or just, you know, anything, you know, you talk about that student that his car went 80 some feet, you know, any other cool things that just always stand out to you? Well, this year we had, a, I, every year I try to think of something new and different that still requires thinking. Like, uh, Mr. Newton, do you know anything about Newton's Three Laws? I do. You do? I beat them to death. I make the students understand all three of those very, very well. And one thing I did at Liberty back when wood was fairly cheap is we made a mechanical, each student, each pair, had to make a mechanical arm to play cornhole. <laughs> A robot, if you will. And that's made of two by fours and bungee cords and weights and everything else. But they use the real size bag and they 27 feet, the whole nine yards. One group wanted to make a pneumatic cannon. I tried to talk them out of it, but they did not budge. A four inch <laughs> tube and all these other little valves and whatnot. And I spent a ton of money on that. They lost, but they could shoot a Gatorade bottle. From the from the back door of the shop, over top of the scoreboard, onto the football field. What? Yeah, oh, it was insane. I mean, five pounds of pressure would launch a bean bag across the shop into the metal door and put a dent in it. It was insane. It was funny. <laughs> Holy cow! That's and cool. then the ag boys next door were having a fruit sale, so they were taking grapefruits and shoving it down like a musket and letting it rip. 
So that's <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, qualify that for everyone here because I can envision that because I've been over there for sports stuff. Where I know where the shop doors are and I know where that is. So what's the what would be the that distance from well, here? Well, 50 PSI, that Gatorade bottle half full of water went about 350 feet. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's like a missile. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, again, they lost. They got an A for effort, though. But yeah. They could not minimize the pressure enough to shoot a bag 27 feet. But anyway, it was a neat experiment. So not what's to, not to be repeated? No, you're good. So what's the biggest or most complex thing? Is that the Eiffel Tower or? Yeah, that really wasn't complex. Um, we actually work. made a T-shirt shack uh, for Liberty down on the football soccer field. That the front, the front of it hinged inward to make a nice countertop so you could serve and whatever else. It's, it's just big. We unf, Unfortunately, at Liberty, you don't have the shop entrance big enough to build it inside. So you build all the pieces and you test them out and you kind of build a scale, uh, not a scale model, but you build a model of it and take it all apart and take it outside and build it. So that was kind of uh, laborious, but a whole lot of big things have been built. And we continue to do that here. Are there things that you enjoy building all the time or like you just never get bored of building? Well, let me flip the script on that. So Mr. Martin asked me last year, he said, hey, Mr. Roxy, y'all build some picnic tables? And I said, I kind of laughed at him. I said, can I build a picnic table? And I went on the internet and said, okay, I want to do something different. So we built one and they liked it. And he said, well, build me five more. Okay, we built five more. Then the middle school got wind of it and they built, they wanted four more. And then this year, the middle school wanted four more. And Forest High School went to four more, and then we made four more. So on the flip side, I don't want to see a picnic table for at least another eight months. But some things, um, for example, in the end of this year, my first year engineering class, will build pneumatic hydraulic ro robots, uh, uh, rockets, not robots. And we will go down on the soccer field. We will launch them at about a 30-degree angle, fins the whole nine yards. And it's Newton's third law. Yeah. For every action, there's an equal or opposite reaction. Right. And the premise here is that we take a 16-ounce or 16.9-ounce bottle. You cut the top off of one of them, glue it to the bottom of the other. You invert it so the cutoff top is at the top. Put fins on it. And you want to determine how much water do I want to put in the bottle with air remaining. And normally you do this with 10 PSI, but I don't believe in doing things small, so we put 100 PSI in it. If you've ever, if, if you were to squeeze that bottle right there, that's how hard that little 16-ounce bottle is. Then we pull the, pull the trigger and it takes off. If the student's done a good job, it spins like a rocket and it goes. But the trick there is, or the learning curve is, how much water do you put in it? Because that's the opposite reaction, or that's the reaction rather, versus how much air is left. So if you fill it with water, you don't have any air to push it out. You put a little bit of water in it, and you have a whole lot of air, but not a whole lot of water. So having done it for 15 years, I still do not have a definitive answer. Because during COVID, I had one student put four ounces, and it went over the softball scoreboard. And I had another student had eight ounces, and it, too, went over the scoreboard. So, But it's a good, fun experiment to do every year because it means it's spring, it means it's May, and you know what May is. We're done with school. Like, you know, you will be mm -hmm. soon. So soon. Sooner than you think. Well, I know. I am related to Isaac Newton. No one believes me. Yeah. My students don't believe me. 
He's on the family tree, though. He's a liar. You just sound silly when you say that. It's true. He's like my great times a million uncle. Times a million. Times a million. <laughs> Dude's old, you know. Mm-hmm. The apple never hit his head. We all know that, though. It was a lie. So we know you've coached a lot of different sports. Um, what do you look for in an athlete when you're picking your teams or whatnot? Well, that's funny you mentioned that. I uh, I have coached 50 different seasons of high school, middle school sports. Wow. And I had the that's not 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 years. I'm not that old, but seasons. So sometimes <laughs> if you coach football in the fall and softball in the spring, that's one year but two seasons. Or if you were the head JV coach and then the assistant varsity coach, you were traveling a lot anyway. Just like volleyball this year, you have to see how the pieces fall out. And like a a good coach should be, you cannot mold. You cannot take a person on the team and make them something they are not. If you're coaching football and you have a bunch of big, slow guys, then you have to use that with your backs to make yardage. But as far as what I look at each individual player, good attitude. I would rather, I hate to say this, I would rather lose with great attitudes than win with horrendous attitudes. And I've had both. I've had both. It's almost not fun at all to win with a bunch of people, prima donnas, who really think that they are God's gift to the sport. So can you tell us your favorite sport to coach? Volleyball. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Hmm. Let me tell you a little story. So I coached volleyball 2005 at Liberty JV coach, JV assistant coach. Then I helped the varsity coach, two different varsity coaches, because we were going through coaches big time. And then somehow I got uh, asked to help with B team, and I went down to B team, and then the head coach left, and I took over. But anyway... Our goal every year at the middle school, Bedford Middle School, was to have a successful team. And normally, normally we would have girls who've never seen a volleyball. And Sarah, you think it's easy to pass a ball or serve a ball from 30 feet away. Take little Miss Sally, seventh grader. She can't throw it over the net. So starting over was always fun. One year I had a great team, a really great team, because we had worked hard. Our goal was to beat Forrest at all costs. Like the Cowboys beating the Washington team. And we had never beat Forrest. Forrest is always better than us. So we went to Forrest Middle School. We never played Forrest at Forrest Middle School. We always played them at the high school. Anyway, we went there. We lost the first set. Okay, here we go. Somehow we scratched back the second set. The third set we were up like like 12 to 8. And we were playing to 15. And a girl rolled around to serve, and I, and I wasn't ready. And, and I said, shucks, I should have made a sub. She wasn't a very good server. And she hit the ball, hit the top of the net, and dribbled down ace. And then the next one uh, hit the net. So anyway, but the, the moral of the story here, or the end of the story here, is that the other coach called a timeout. And it was the longest timeout in history of volleyball because it went on for 10 minutes. And finally, I walked across the floor and I said, sir, the gentleman in the, in the chair, I said, we're going to play volleyball or we're going to what? Well, I won't tell who the coach was, but he tried to put player back to serve. He had already served in a different order. And the umpire said, sir, you can't allow him. She can't serve. So he brought a girl across the bench. It was 14 to 12 at this point. The girl tossed the ball up and hit it down the scoreboard, scoring, scoring table. And we won that game. Then three days later, they came back to Liberty and played in front of Varsity and JV, and we beat them handily. So that was 
very enjoyable. Just like this year, it was very nice to go and play Liberty and be successful back that way. Very successful. Oh, yes, very successful. So what got you into coaching volleyball? You really want to know? I do. I was going through a very tough time, going through a divorce, and I needed something to occupy my time to keep me from dwelling on a bad time in history. But, and I've, you and I have had this conversation before, coaching girls is different than coaching boys. And I hate to pin this on a whole group of people, but girls, in my opinion, are easier because they listen more. And they're not self-serving as much. They're still there, but guys typically like to think they have played it for 10 years and they know everything about it. And sometimes they're more individuals than team players. Whereas I feel that girls are more fun to watch because they work harder at certain areas of the game. And I think they will play better as a team. Plus the personalities of the girls are more fun to be around, especially the older I get, the easier it is to try to motivate them to work harder at each aspect of the game. There's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Do you have any fun memories from coaching? Well, that was one. I do have a memory when I was head JV um, baseball coach. We were undefeated, and uh, the eighth grader on the team was the star pitcher, pitcher, and he was the coach's son, and he, he could pitch well. We're facing a pretty good team, and it's like one of these 0-0 games in the sixth or seventh inning. And uh, I said something to the catcher. I said, look, and I said, I don't care if we walk this kid. Do not let this kid hit. And the catcher and the pitcher thought they could strike him out, threw it down the middle. I don't think the ball's landed yet. We lost that game one nothing. So that was a memory I wish I could forget. But anyway, such is life. And that's coaching boys. They didn't listen. Real. Real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you coached any now famous athletes? I have coached a couple of kids who played football in the NFL. They played for a very short period of time. You said that so casually. Yeah, what? Uh, you said that so casually. That's well, cool. Well, I mean, yeah, they both went. One of them went to Tech. One of them still has records for weightlifting at Tech. And he played in the NFL. Now, when I say played, it means you're on the team or <laughs> on the uh, practice team or something. And another kid actually did play. Um, he was uh, a lineman. He went to Wake Forest and played, and then he went, I forgot who he played for, but they were both short-lived. But, I mean, good old-fashioned kids who had no idea they were going to make it until they made it, that they worked hard to get there. So, as you know, as we all know, you're, you got the Teacher of the Year Award. Yeah, I think, about... someone, I think someone flooded the ballot there. <laughs> so how do you think you got it? I'm going to blame Miss Dooley for that and Miss uh, Katie Martin. They must have you know, said something nice to somebody. And Anyway. So now what do you do that you're awarded? I've got to write stuff down a lot. Miss Hancock has helped me tremendously with uh, making sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and everything else. But there's a whole lot of paperwork that goes with that. And someone asked me, they said, well, don't, don't you get a new car for that? I said, I do. If I do, it's a matchbox. But anyway, so. Well, this is part of your media tour. I you know. know. Oh, yeah. First stop. First stop? Yeah. Well, the second stop, I have to go to a school board meeting on the 12th. Oh. So I don't know. You should wear that shirt. Okay. I'll see if I can get it washed between <laughs> okay. now and then. 
Do you want the sawdust on it or not? Yeah. Okay. It adds character. It yeah, does. it adds character. It shows who you are. Let's them know that you're actually doing things. <laughs> Mr. Newt will tell you, usually I'm coded by 730 in the morning. Yeah, that hallway, I, I skate down yeah. when I come down this yeah. It's a little dusty. Have Take you ever two. coached a like a running sport? A cross-country mm. track? Never, never done anything in track. Um, football. Girls softball. Girls volleyball, girls soccer, boys soccer, and baseball. Oh, wow. so never, never. Worth a shot. Womp, womp. Yeah. That's what I play. I run cross country. Water polo? So. No. I'd Do we to. even have? Is I, I made that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a, that is a sport. I'd have to do that, that in, a, in a four foot deep pool. You can't swim. No, I can swim. But it's funny because I really couldn't swim until I went to tech. Really? Yeah. Another little little segue on the story here. Did you? Yeah, let's hear this. So in summer school, me and a buddy of mine, we would go to breakfast and fill up, go to the two classes we had to go to, um, and then eleven o'clock struck, we would go to lunch because you were hungry by then, and then we would go to the indoor swimming facility to flirt or try to flirt with the lifeguards. So I mean, the pool's pretty empty. You're jumping off the three meter, trying to splash them as they walked around the pool, whatever else. None of that was successful. But anyway, it was nice to do it. But I, you know, swimming is like a ballerina. If you go out there and flash around, you know, just move your hands, you will be tired quick. But I basically, I didn't teach myself to swim. I just learned how to do it slowly and gracefully. But I don't think I'd want to be thrown in the middle of Smith Mountain Lake and have to get to shore. You'd be a lot of dog paddling. A lot of dog paddling. That's your engineering brain. You, you broke it down to mm. and made it, made it logical. Okay, if you say so. Yeah. Cool. Is that everything? You good? So we always play a little either or at the end to wrap things up. Um, so I'll give you, I'll start out with a couple of things, give you some options. You have to choose one of them. Yeah, but some of these are very. They're tough. They're tough. Got to choose. Yeah. Can't choose. One or the other. The one of them's easy. Go ahead. All right. Hammer turkey. I'll go turkey. Okay. I'll go turkey because. My wife makes me eat turkey. Not that she makes me eat turkey, but turkey. A good turkey. Smoked turkey. I'm down with that. Okay. All right, Girl Scout cookies. Oh, this is easy. Thin mints or caramel delights. Oh, the caramel delights. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Or what's is it a macaroon? What's the one that's got the... It's the ring? Yeah, and it's got... With uh, coconut. coconut. Oh, yeah. That's caramel oh. delights. Yeah. Okay, yeah, oh, absolutely. I think we're all caramel delights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And then, all right, Star Wars or Star Trek? See, let me, let me a little, another little segue. When 1977 came around, because that's when Star Wars came out, I was always a Star Trek fan. Still am. Uh, buddy across the street said, hey, hey, man, you want to go to the movies? I said, uh, sure. So you people have always seen special effects at its best. Back then, there was no such thing as special effects. So when you sat in this theater and that the words came across, okay, boring, and that ship came over your head, with Dolby surround sound, you thought you were on another planet. Star Wars was probably the most influential film I've ever watched because of how it affected you in the theater. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 50-50 there. I can't pick okay. one. If I had to slide, I'd go Star Trek. Okay. Simply because there's so many good characters being played, even now with the new ones. Uh, Strange Frontiers is awesome. If you've never watched that, it's an eight-part right now, and they're working on the next part. Great acting, great storyline, the whole nine yards. Love it. Okay. Plain or barbecue chips? Plain. 
Math or science? Both. You have to choose. I'll have to go math. All right. English or history? Neither, thank you. You have to choose. <laughs> That's not how that works. If you've ever heard me speak, English is going to be bad. History. History. Okay, we'll go with history. Cake or pie? Here's a bothy. <laughs> you can't, all of them can't You're be breaking both. all the rules. <laughs> I am breaking the rules. I'll go cookies. <laughs> That's the next one. Oh, okay. I'm thinking ahead. Was it cake or pie? I'll go pie and cookies. There you go. Make it simple for okay. you. Okay. Dogs or cats? Uh, my wife has cats, and I could do less with cats. We'll go dogs. Mm. But dogs, dogs, you need to, a cat will go sleep for 22 and a half hours and buggy for the other hour, whereas a dog will, you know, be a dog for all day long. So I love a dog. I would, I would love to have a dog, but a dog is like a child. You need to do the right things with a dog. But I go dog all day long. Speaking of dogs, hot dogs or hamburgers? Again. No. I'm going burgers. Okay. Chicken or beef? I'll go chicken. Pancakes or waffles? Mm, another toughie. Damn, that's not fair. <laughs> Do I get my pick of my syrup? I go pancakes. What okay. the heck? Dill pickles or sweet pickles? See, here we go again. Depends. <laughs> Is sour pickles in that list? I don't know. What's if that? Th- Isn't those that exist? a dill pickle? Okay, we'll go deal. Do you oh, know what a bread and butter pickle oh, is? Yeah, See, sure. someone knows. So those are also, those are awesome. But would you call it a bread and butter or a sweet pickle? Like, which one would you call it? Well, it says Isn't it bread and butter. It's, it's a little oh, different. Right. It's separate, right? Yeah, it is different, different sort yeah. of. Oh, okay. I, like, thought, I thought they were basically the same thing. The problem I, is with pickles is I'll take the fork and go in the jar and not take three or four out. Who said that was a problem? I'll take 30 or 40 out because they're know? good. Dr. Pepper or Coke? Again, I'll go Coke. Now, now you didn't ask me Mountain Dew or Diet Dew. You should have asked me. Okay, that. Mountain Dew or Diet Dew. Ninety nine point nine percent Diet Dew, <laughs> and it's not because that I'm trying to lose weight, even though I probably need to. It's because it's just not as sweet. It's better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. So they taste different. Diet oh, is yeah. better. Yeah, they, they taste different. JF or another school. Well, I'd have to say JF. Oh that'd yeah, be, that'd be so wrong. You're right. That, that's the right one. I wasn't sure how you're going to answer this. Yeah, all this talk about liberty. I, I was, was nervous. I was, I was well, worried. I mean, you know, it, it's it's where you. It's where his roots are. Okay, <laughs> that's that's, a, that's one way of looking at. It. But hey, you gotta gotta play for the team you're on. Yeah, especially when you, things are going well. Right. 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 It's awesome. Awesome. Well, that's pretty much everything we have. Thank you for coming and spending time with us, and also well deserved on the award. Yes. So we we all love everything that you're doing here. Ton of fun down in Mr. Fox's classes, so you should be going down there. Seriously, you can ask him. If I'm not in my class doing work or eating lunch or something, I'm down in the shop. Mr. Newton has spent some quality time down there doing some thinking and some some sanding and some designing. So, Fox, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. You can follow the happenings of Jefferson Forest on Instagram at WeAreJF and at Twitter at JFHS Sports. We'd also love for you to hit the follow button for the Cavalier Podcast on Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode.